welcome to the fourth official EPL and World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Tottenham fan Dr. Pete. Hi, Dr. Mm. Pete. I'm back, Thomas. Not happy, but I'm back. Uh, Hashtag back bay. We aren't using any of the last two minutes, right? Any of the things, any of the terminology that James has, uh, I guess, uh, I marked it. up. It's going yeah, into okay. the archive. It's not getting. <laughs> not unless you want me to up. lose my medical license. Yeah. Uh, none of the terminology that James has offered up for. Uh, Excuse appropriate... me. We're not getting into it. Okay. okay. All right. I was just checking. <laughs> I was just checking. Out. We're 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 recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Pete thing Tottenham on? fan. James Lewis, Manchester City fan, uh, no Ken Lee. I mean, Arsenal Surprise, lost, surprise. Yeah. So yeah. we weren't expecting him anyways. But he does have a sick note from me, uh, having just had a baby. Um, so he's Fresh. off the hook. God, that's... He's off the hook. I think you guys... When, when did men stop being men? <laughs> Maybe you guys can answer the question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're the person to ask that question. But um, Tell me about I, being a man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you just worry about you, James. You just worry about you. Uh, guys, I am insisting. Actually, you guys insisted that we start with Manchester United's win. Because it's been a long road. This year has been horrendous. United have lost like 50% of their games. Literally. Uh, halfway point of the season. Ten Hag would have been fired, except... Uh, there's like ownership in flux, so he's not fired. And we keep going into these games that we're supposed to get smoked in, like Liverpool, and we end up drawing that game. And then we end up getting beat by West Ham, who played terribly, still beat us. We look awful. But we beat Aston Villa, who, if they win this game, guys, and after everything that happened this weekend, wouldn't they have been in first? No, that was over the weekend. First. If they won on Friday... They would have been in first it's for the really tie. Close. Yeah, uh, they'd be a point behind. No, they'd be tied. They'd be yeah. t- They'd be tied for first, but second on goal difference. Yeah, I mean Villa is on fire. They have twelve wins, three draws, and I'm sorry, three losses, three three draws and four four uh, losses. They are on fire, and they go up on United two zero inside of twenty six minutes on two of these horrific United. 2023 goals where the ball <laughs> bounces like on the inside the six and Onana doesn't touch the ball, freezes on his line. It looked and terrible. Just, just horrific, a horrific, horrific goal. Both of them were terrible uh, set piece goals with Onana just being like frozen to the spot and United looking like it, they're just going to fold in half in this game and fold in half for the rest of the season. <laughs> And then, like, as we're watching the game go on, I kept texting you guys, even though you you know that I am very much aware of how bad Manchester United has been. And on just about every game I've texted through, when we start letting up these goals, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be like 4 nothing. You know, it's going to be like 5 nothing here. Villa's tactics in this one, James, were such that I was like, they're leaving United in this game because they're the only team in the league that hasn't figured out or refuses to admit that United can only score goals over the top with long yeah. balls yeah. and Villa's playing this high offside line which to be fair they did have like 10 offside calls yeah. 10 offside calls including two goals chalked off for it but all of the other goals aside from the corner kick at the end that United would end up scoring are just balls over the top that they run onto and then knock into the net after like a combination of passes. Like it was a really strange game. And I think everybody can admit that like as much as Unai Emery got, has gotten so much right for the first half of the year that he got this so incredibly wrong and United get away with a three to two win. We're not back. We're not talking about that, James, but this is Unai Emery's fault, right? Uh, I think, well, you know, I think it's a, so I don't think that he adapted to the team he was playing, but, but I mean, it worked in the first half. Um, but I also don't think he adapted correctly to what I think is manifesting in, in kind of a little bit of tired legginess. I mean, this is exactly what you expect to happen to a team that is new to Europe, that doesn't have a deep bench that is at the, you know, 
middle to end of the congested festive period, right? They are leggy, they're making mistakes, and where you know yeah, that's the high true. the high line was working in the beginning of the game. Yeah. And but then I think you know you get tired, you get mentally tired. They they don't have the players where they can like swap a defender or a midfielder. You it's know? true. They are in Europe. They're in Conference League, right? They're in Europa. Oh, they're in Europa. Oh no, they're in Conference. No, they're in Conference. They're in Conference. But still, so even worse. So they're traveling further, playing yeah. against harder nosed teams. Yeah. And doing it with a thin squad. I mean, th- and when we started the season off, I, I think we said, at least I, I'm sure I said because I've been <laughs> ringing this bell for a while. It's mm-hmm. a tough that that first year in Europe I I think you need to don't even don't even worry about buying necessarily quality players you need bodies you need to yeah. add bodies to your squad mm-hmm. send them out into the meat grinder in yeah. you know on a, on a runway um in Serbia Montenegro mm-hmm. <laughs> you know have them like go to the Balkan War Historical Museums, you know, pregame. Don't send your starters. <laughs> yeah, you just go out and buy those guys. Maybe buy a couple guys off relegated Some jobbers. teams going yeah. down. You know, um, and they've been former... more. They've been healthier than most of the other top teams. Yeah, I... healthier, but they don't have the rotation, and so so I think like that. To me, that was the hallmark because this was like really a game of first half, second half and not even first half, second half. I mean, United came in, started the second half strong, but it was like, it was really like 65th minute on. Mm -hmm. And it just looked like Villa just could not keep up with anything United were doing. I, I had a, like a slightly different take. I agree with the legginess for sure. I thought it was more naivety of a team that just hasn't been a top team you know, for a long period of time, because I think they went up to nothing very early and they sort of sat back and they were like, oh, you know, yeah. we can do what we want with this team. This team is defeated. We've got two early goals. We'll just knock the ball around, take the day off and not get that third goal. If they got the third goal, the game would have been over, but they never pressed for that no. third goal. And then United really turned on the juice in the second half and they just they really blew him away in the second half. Um, it wasn't even close. And I will say about the high line, I think that um, I know that Villa play the high line. We play the high line. Brighton plays the high line as well. And they, the coaches just believe in not compromising, even if the other team has very pacey um, players because they believe in the system. But I think if you go up 2 nothing. You know, in that situation, the situation dictates you should probably be more cautious. You know, even if you're playing five yards further by back. I mean, the idea is that you're 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 making this field much smaller, and the other team is more likely to turn the ball over, or you're going to win the ball higher up the pitch. But they're starting Clement Langley in the back, <laughs> who is one of the slowest central defenders. I watched him. All year last year, slow as molasses. Yeah, and so the I mean United was definitely going to score on that. They probably should have five goals from yeah balls over the top if anybody had any situational awareness and could stay on uh, could stay on sides. Yeah, pretty and, pathetic offsides. On and Langley is in there because of Pal Torres like picking up a knock right, which kind of plays yeah. into the you're overplayed, you are thin on the ground you don't ever want to be playing Langley really no just just like Dyer it's the same yeah. thing very similar yeah, yeah I see where you're coming from I still think um I mean Pete you're talking about the tactical part which is what I think it was I mean I think there's legginess definitely and Langley sucks for sure but you can make an adjustment there like Pete said and drop back five yards United had uh, they put they they put two goals away that were like real close offsides goals so they're not goals don't get me wrong 
calm down, Ken. They're not goals, but like it just <laughs> like over and over again, it was like you can't play a high line against United because Bruno Fernandez was born to punch balls over the top, and uh, Garnacho and especially Rashford are born to run onto him. You know, like that's like nobody does that to United anymore. They sit in a low block. United hadn't scored guys going into this game for over six hours against teams that just were well organized and sat in a block like David Moyes didn't for a second think about playing a high line against United <laughs> yeah you know he knew what to do because he he was a part of it <laughs> way back in the day when it first started that United couldn't break down a low block David Moyes was in the very thick of that if you guys remember um so it's I think it was Unai Emery's fault. Uh, I am super psyched uh, that United won, obviously. Garnacho, two nice finishes, one left-footed as he played on the right instead of moving Rashford over there. Rashford actually played pretty well. I think he ended up with one assist um, and had some actually some pretty nice movement in this game. Um, Bruno had a part of all three goals. But the big Bruno, story... Hoyland scores. Yeah... 15 hey, games one without 15. a goal, man. 1 in 15. Now, I mean, I think, worth every penny. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there was a big story that came out midweek as the United uh, hierarchy is turned over from the new ownership. They, uh, the Athletic released a story. They always have really good sources. They released a story about some of the people in the, in the very top of United's hierarchy over the last 10 years and how, like, in the beginning of the summer – that they signed Anthony in, he was valued by their scouts. They had written on the, on the file $25 million. And then when they went to <laughs> negotiate in June, uh, Ajax said $50 million or 55 or something like that. And United was like, wow, that's kind of steep. We're going to go look around and see what we can find. They need a left-footed winger that cut it in, cut in. And then at the end of the window, they didn't get any of their other targets. And they didn't have – the targets weren't – like they, I guess they hadn't vetted them or something, and they just can't, ended up coming back to Anthony and being like, "Okay, Ix, like, here's fifty five million. Like, we don't do that." Ix is like, "You've already bought like three of our players, and and three other of our players have left. We don't have a team right now, so if you want him, it's eighty. And we're like, "We're not paying eighty. You kidding?" And then a day went by. We're like, "Okay, we'll pay. We'll pay eighty. Like that. They they should like, just 90. don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then they just. There were three different transfer stories like that, including Anthony. Uh, Rasmus Hoyland was another one where they were like, oh, yeah, he started the summer at like 30. And United ended up paying 70 or 60, 60 plus 10 or whatever it was. It's like these horrendous decisions. Casemiro, who I haven't – I'm not like throwing him out yet with the bathwater, but the transfer itself paying – ended up being 60 plus 10. Like they – the idea that no one else is anywhere near that valuation for him, especially on the wages he comes in on, on 300, it's like you, the, the point of the article was that United, they just don't know how to negotiate. They can't yeah. do it. What about De Gea's they, last contract? Yeah, I mean, they, that didn't That's even come up. the worst contract in Premier League history. It didn't even come up. That didn't even come up. It's not because uh, Alexis Sanchez was paid 400 a week. Yep. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, but uh, there are other, was a, was a, was a other player. field players making, you know, at least half of that. There was no goalie well, yeah, at any course. time that was making anything close to what he was making. And I think we could go whole, back and forth on it, but, but you, De Gea is an did, actual starting 11 player. Yeah, but did you – and you mentioned this too, Tom. Like part of that strategy was – the and like the reason that Martial is still in the team is preserving mm-hmm. value. Yes. Yeah, there's a Crazy. huge – drop off in understanding how valuation works and basically the previous regime was like okay whenever contracts rolled around they would sign these guys to double contracts even before they had to smart teams wait until it's about two years or so left in the contract before offering it and united would just get so excited when a player was playing well they'd be like oh my god i want to resign you and they're like well we just we just signed last year but yeah sure you can resign us like, well, we were paying you fifty, and now we want to pay you one hundred and fifty. It's like, okay, sure, I've only been here for a year, and I only had like six good months of playing, but sure, I'll take that. And they just kept doing that because the the financial or the uh, the team building strategy was, oh, these players are good, and we're going to save transfer fees in the future by keeping these players and keeping this core. But you kept changing a the way you played because you weren't playing well, so you change your manager, and these players would fall out of 
out of favor with the, with the managers. B, these players weren't actually that good in the first place. And you end up with all these high wages on these players. And they didn't learn their lesson either. Like, we just went through this whole thing, guys, where we dumped off Phil Jones and, um, like, Cavani and all these players just fell off the wages. We just added a whole bunch. Like, like Sancho makes 300 pounds a week. He's not That's playing. Crazy. He's, he's not he's allowed to train. He's exiled from the team. He is not allowed to train for our team because of professional issues, which everybody in the world knew about. Dortmund knew about them. Everybody knew about them. And still United gave him 300,000 pounds a week. Like, it's that kind of stuff that comes out in this article. And to see that, like, on display. And then you guys, you go into this game. Pete, you made a good point. After this game, uh, some one of the United pundits put out, like, oh, eight academy players uh, were a part of today's game. Which is incredible for a, uh, I think we're the top six. Top six team? <laughs> I think we're the top six. Are we guys? I think we still are. Nope, it's a historical seven. term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're in seventh, but uh, like for a big team, and you, Pete, you made the great point. You're just like, that just means that their transfers have sucked. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. Like you look at some of the play, like why Johnny Evans counts as one of those players. You know, like he, he's playing. Uh, Hannibal Mabry's fine, but he's not. He shouldn't be on a team that's like, you know competing for, he's, he's going to be sold to a mid-tier prem team or a french team in the next year you have you little know, danny like, gore come on yeah i don't know what they want to do with him he's uh <laughs> he, he's the guy that they chose to represent the james Academy. has no idea who he is he just likes his name <laughs> yeah. and he, i mean and look at his small. face and tell me you wouldn't call him little danny gore yeah but he uh they looks like he's him. eight years old they he's the guy that you had that went to Leeds united Little Danny James, that's right. Danny yeah. James. That's, Dan that's, James. That's, that's uh, there's a been new, a lot of there's been a lot of Dan James, James talk. Guy. He's coming back. <laughs> in, the, in the last two weeks with, with Anthony playing so poorly, there's so much about oh how God. like Dan James is You don't know how good you had it when Dan James yeah, was when on the Dan team. Dan James is on the team. Anyway, long story. He scored short, goals for you though. He scored a few goals for you. Did he? He scored like two in the first three games that we had him. And more than Anthony. Two in like the next 50. <laughs> more, more than Anthony. I think it's pretty close. I think it's pretty close. Uh, bottom line is United win this game. I don't. I, I don't know what it means. I don't know if it means anything. We could easily lose to Nottingham Forest next week. Um, but United are hanging in in, in, a, in a, a really strange week as December picks up pace. Uh, United are kind of hanging in there. Um, they You're are around. You're around. Yeah, we're around. They, they need to go on a tear if they want to get into the top four, but I, I think that can be stretched to the top five. Um, it's going to be tough. They are behind the ball with uh, Tottenham. Tottenham ended up winning as well. So just an interesting game, guys. I think that's why we started with it. That's United six, seven, eight, nine. That six, seven, eight, nine position is like a tight grouping, though. I mean, you got yeah. West Ham ahead of you on 33. You're on 31. Mm-hmm. Brighton's on 30, looking pretty good. We can use that to segue if you want. Newcastle ninth on 29. That's a tight. That's yeah. a tight little group. And Newcastle have fallen like a rock. They could, yeah, yeah. and we're about to get sucked down into that group. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. I don't. I'm not going to segue into Brighton, Tottenham like you want me to, James. I am going to go. To West Ham two, Arsenal oh, zero. Even better. Instead, uh, guys, this game coming into it, I, I saw a lot. I don't know if you guys saw, but Arsenal put Declan Rice on the front of their uh, like pregame match. winning pregame lineup yeah. thing, which they actually changed James on Twitter, which is really lame. They That's they changed it unusual after as well. Yes, they changed it after the fact because the West Ham fans came gunning for them. Obviously, Declan Rice played for uh, West Ham last year and for the last four years. They were not happy. And the West Ham fans were in the comments like, we're coming for you, like, dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. And the Arsenal fans were like, oh, this isn't really a rivalry. Like, you guys are nothing. (laughs) We don't even need this. Like, we're at home, no problem. And then they end up losing. Arsenal does. 2-0 to West Ham. And... It was such a pathetic display, and it, it was, was such ugly. a winter, such a yellow ball arsenal. Like it was just, it was just about that time that Ken's wife, when he gets excited and tells her that they're in first place, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, and like she's she's like walking around the house, like helping out to clean, like uh, pick up the 
pick up the the kids and like like feed the kids like or whatever. yeah just like absently says to Ken like oh uh, is the yellow ball out yet and then just walks out of the room and he deflates instantly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sure it happened. he was like oh you know it's a well it's great I just had my kid in Arsenal in the first place you know yeah. what I wish you'd just support me a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually Ken told me that one of his kids trolls him and is like I like. Like I don't. It's maybe it's Tottenham. It's not Tottenham. It's, not Tottenham. it's somebody else. But it's Phil's Chelsea. been doing that with Manchester City. Yo, I love Phil though. Yeah, I like the yeah. light blue team. <laughs> oh, that's that great. Why don't you um find another hey, house to eat dinner? Michael, I'll be his yeah. pen pal. No. Hey, look, light, light blue. Were they playing? No. They've been disbarred from the league. They're cheaters. <laughs> False. <laughs> so far. So far. Anyway, guys, so Arsenal stink. It's uh, it's December, and Arsenal stink. Well, I want to make I want to say a couple <laughs> things, right? So, yes. when they bought Jesus and Zinchenko from us, and they were like, "Oh my God, such a mm-hmm. steal!" Blah blah blah. They all you know, and then Zinchenko has been started. Now, Ken has finally come around, and it's been it's 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 taken a little bit because Arsenal were in pretty good form, mostly. You know, for most mm-hmm. of the time. And when that's happening and you're not being, you know, pressed by physical teams, you might think, wow, Zinchenko's a good attacking left back. The problem is he is not a left back. Yeah. And if he has to defend, you are going to lose. It keeps happening. It's just he is not. I mean, and that's the thing. And like he was an attacking midfielder. City City bought him when he was 15 years old. He was an attacking midfielder, and he never could break into the team attacking midfield. And then we had a left back crisis. We were playing Fabian Delph at left back, <laughs> another not left back, and we were like, you know what, Zinchenko's better than this, and we put him in, and he did he did good, he did fine. This issue for him is the same at Arsenal as it was for City. He's a midfielder. He's playing left back, and he. When your midfield is fit, he will never crack that lineup. He will never crack your midfield lineup of your first-choice midfielders, and he is not a, a left-back that can defend. That is, He isn't. And it's not even a criticism of him. It's like Pep played Bernardo Silva at right-back one game because he had to. Yeah. Like That's what it is more akin to. He is not a left-back. And when you ask him to defend against Salah, when you ask him to defend against Kudus or Paqueta, you know, I mean, they're lucky that Bowen, uh, they had Bowen playing a false nine in this game, not on the wing. Bowen would have ripped Zinchenko to shreds over yeah. and over and over again. You know, that that is a huge, and then the other issue, Jesus unmarked from the top of the header from the top of the six. What does he do? He, he like, he, it's not even anywhere close to the target. No, he can't. You, the reasons that we had to move on from both of those players was because you can't get consistent top-tier performances out of them. They're good players. We would have both of those players as squad players. 100%. Yeah. Why not? They're, they're, they're good players. Zinchenko's not a starting left back, and Gabriel Jesus cannot be your number nine if you yeah. want to win the league. Yeah, they found out the hard way um, with, like you said, I mean, Gabriel Jesus had multiple misses in this game. Uh, There's also some referee controversy that nobody cares about, you know, are listening to Arsenal complain. I do Which like that. that. What's, the, what's that? The ball that was almost out of bounds, I think it was. Uh, you yeah. guys didn't see it. Oh, I saw it. It's I mean, all over Twitter. Yeah, I saw it. I and we mean, don't have Ken here to complain about it, so like we don't care. The one but... thing that I, will, I agree with Ken on and that I think is stupid is that you have the goal line technology that tells you when the ball's across the line. Yeah, that's true. So why can't that be across <laughs> the entire end line? Apparently the I next uh, – I think it's the next World Cup. I don't think it's the Euros, but there's going to be sensors in the ball that help with offsides and – I assume that'll probably be able to do some goal line stuff too. I mean, I mean, you should be able. Seems to like we're in that era. Tell you should be able to do it very already, easily. Right? Well, look. I at, mean, look we put a man way. on the moon <laughs> in the '60s. 
Uh, but guys, look at the offsides—the way the Champions League offsides work. That automated, cha- that automated offside, like that could easily work for the ball. Like it's not that right. big of a deal. It, it create, works. You just create, you create a line that goes straight up. It's like the most simple thing in the entire universe. The you know offsides yeah. factor is much more complicated than than a ball going out of bounds. Yeah, and 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 listen, UEFA are incompetent idiots, and they got yeah. that right. They even yeah. they knew. Take the idiot humans out of the equation. Yeah, that's right. Take the well and the English. Right. Take the English out. <laughs> oh, poor Arsenal guys. So Arsenal lose. Ken does not come on the podcast. Obviously, they play Fulham next. Uh, they play Fulham in on Sunday. So not a lot of time to get over this one. And then they play Liverpool. It's a uh, FA Cup round, but they're gonna get. We'll see. Taunt. And especially if Zimchenko is still playing. I want to say one more thing about this game. This game is everything that we ever talk about when we talk about a mentality mentality problem. Uh, and we talk about it a lot, especially when we talk about Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some teams have the right mentality. They fight. They, you know, City, for example. Just to give an example of one team. Just to give an example of one team that has a winner's mentality. You you know, that's why we talk about City in the second half of the season. You know, Arsenal, they don't have it. They crumble. This typifies that. I mean, you you see the look on Declan Rice's face when he gives away that penalty that should have made the game 3-0. Yeah. It's just like, it's just resignation. Oh, well, well, we lost. You know, that's like Arsenal have it, Tottenham have it. It is, you know, it's why you look at Liverpool and you say Liverpool's a threat for the title. You look at Arsenal on top of the the table in December and you're not actually worried. And it's because of games like this, performances like this, mentality like this. Would you be scared of Arsenal if they signed Ivan Tony? He's a good player he's an actual striker for them i would say no put him up top for eddie and Kenny. would i would i bet on tony uh making the difference i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one well let's move on to the mentality monsters james since you wanted to segue that way uh manchester city three everton one this game is a lot more interesting than it sounded because City was actually losing and getting it taken to them in the first half of this game 1-0 as Everton continues, with the exception of Manchester United, to take out on, and Tottenham actually, to take out their frustrations of the Premier League mm-hmm. since they've been docked 10 points. Uh, they played really, really well in this one, and then City made some adjustments, came back really well, and smacked the crap out of them in the second half. Yeah. As well, they, they should. But this is an important second half for you guys because if you guys lose this game, you are in fifth place. Yeah. Like, you're already, I mean, you're in fourth. You, you, you got the win. You have a game in hand, of course. But if you lose this game, you're in fifth place. And that, it's yeah. going to New Year. I would never. This is as close as I would ever come to calling a game against Everton season defining. But you hope <laughs> so far, but yeah. but it, but it really with the you know form that we were in and where we mm-hmm. are in the table, and the fact that this was this is basically part of you know we have a game in hand now we we basically have to just keep winning. Um, this this is important, and Everton are a much 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 stronger team now than they've been in previous seasons. And they're stronger since they got the the points deduction handed down to them. They, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing can definitely motivate a squad. It's definitely like an us yeah. against them kind of thing. Um, yeah, and they're getting respect in Vegas too. Looking they're at the playing, They're playing yeah. really well. They're playing really well. They're dangerous. They've figured out what they want to do in attack, which I think is the most important stuff. So, you know, Sean Dyche is always going to bring a defensive mentality, but they have figured out how they want to attack. And even if it doesn't always pay off, at least, you know, they've got a, an identity, they've got a style to play to. And I think that that puts you in a much better spot than teams that are just like scrapping 
and just hoping that they'll find a way through. You know what I mean? They've got a system, and they're playing to it. I, I you know, Everton are not in danger whatsoever, and they're definitely going to be a team that can trip up some of the the higher place teams. Um, but yeah, we are we we are mentality monsters, <laughs> and we're coming. I think a big thing in this game was going down one zero. You know, you weren't as confident watching City, you know, go down 1-0 as you normally would be. You're missing Holland. You're missing KDB, of course. Um, and you haven't been playing well. Your team has not been playing well. You've had some of the worst form that Pep's ever had in the league. You don't look like you're uh, you're getting everything. It's not coming easy to you even when you are winning. You don't really seem to have a guy who's come in and replaced Gundogan for clutchness. Um, I think... Kovacic is a good player, but he doesn't score goals, and that's something Gundogan really learned how to do in the last two or three years for you guys. Um, you got Rodri back, but watching Sean Dyche have have his team go up 1-0, a team that's in form, you have to be, if you're a City fan, and you probably never admit this, but you have to be a little worried that they're going to drag you into the, to the fight. Because they, they were getting to Jack Grealish. And Jack Grealish was on the on the edge of falling over every time they touched him. Because they were banging into people. And the ref called it about half the time. But Grealish played himself out of this game with his petulance. He went back in time to the first year at City where he just rolled around for the whole, for the whole entire year. And stopped playing soccer. He just like, I mean, you had to be worried that you were going to get dragged into this Burnley ball, you know, not, worm eater ball. I wouldn't really there. be worried. I, w- I would, maybe you'd be worried about that. I mean, what I was worried about is yellow accumulation. And I'm worried about, like, them getting into Rodri's head and Rodri getting a red. That's what I'm worried about. Kyle Walker getting a, a yellow or two yellows. But when you talk about worrying about Burnley ball, I think that we, most of the time that we played Burnley under Sean, Sean Dyche, we probably scored average 3.7 goals a game. <laughs> So that part wasn't so worrying to me. Um, yeah. Now I'll say, that. well, but but I'm saying, about but that's that dice ball. Game, but though. that's dice ball. But that's what he does, right? But but what I'm worried about, what I was worried about, and I mentioned it too. Like, yes, they definitely they turned up the physicality. They were trying to get under our skin. They did it a little bit to Graylish. Um. But you know, Graylish, luckily for us isn't like the guy that we depend on to score goals. So we have Alvarez, we have Foden, we have Bernardo Silva and Foden played out of his skin in this game and he was playing centrally, which he doesn't usually get a chance to do. He, the one, his goal was a, an absolute rocket. Yeah. I was ripped. Uh, And he, he had another shot where he took like this crazy half turn. He's probably like 20 yards out from almost the corner, the edge of the box ripped a half volley shot that smacked like square off the post with Pickford completely beaten. Um, yeah. Not, not a goal. I mean, but, but Foden was playing lights out the whole game. Rodri second half came out, I, you know, whatever, whatever Pep said in, at halftime or whatever the players said amongst themselves, it was a 100% different game in the second half and not because of any kind of tiredness on Everton's part. I mean, we came out, the game ended, 73% possession, 23 shots, nine on target. Um, I mean, in know, the end, 90% sure. pass accuracy. I mean, but that's what, I mean. But it could know, have been 3 nothing. Like, Everton were giving you all you could handle. That Everton half. didn't have a shot on goal in the second half. They were, yeah, in the second half. You guys so blew they only had the two shots on that. target total. So it couldn't have been 3 nil. Could have. They just aren't good. That's what happens with bad well, teams. But they're not. About this yeah, but times they can't even get a ball. They can't even get a shot on target. Well, that's why. That's also, when you team. say like, do you have to be worried? I'm like, no. Okay. Well, that's a fair answer. It's Sean Dyche's Everton. So you weren't and worried not get at all relegated. going into the second half of that game. You no. were worried. No, I wasn't. You were. That's a little we, we needed to nail him to the wall, Pete. We 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 had the chance to do it to be like, hey, are you worried? Oh, of course, you just be. No, uh, Treble's still on. Uh, never worried. They were just saying why, that anyway. Why would I? What would I have to be what, worried what, what, about? What would I be worried about? What would I be worried about? What and then we, then we'd score three goals, and you guys would be like, "Oh, you got lucky." Can Unless you luck. didn't, like the other three, three of the last five games you played in. Buck yeah, but pace. we're we're entering we're entering midseason. We're entering the second That's half. That's true. It's different. Fine. That's true. 
Uh, all right, we're moving on because you're stupid. Um, <laughs> big game, big game for uh, Latimer's Brighton team over over Dr. Pete here. I do want to add something. Uh, Latimer on his own does He's not follow guy. any kind of Arsenal He's Twitter or anything like that. But he calls uh, Mikel Arteta Lego hair, which I really, really enjoy. It just looks it like comes, a Lego hair. Because it, it. it comes from a place of a purity, uh, innocence, of innocence purity yeah. that yeah. I really enjoy. Uh, Latimer's Brighton team has been sliding, and they bounce back, guys. They bounce back. And Pete, I think you said it best. I mean, Tottenham has all these injuries and red cards, etc., but you guys have been kind of skating by with it a little bit, and it, you were overdue to get smacked. And Brighton at home is not like – it's not the worst thing in the world to lose to Brighton at home. Um, although at the end, you guys were piling it on. It was like the most uncomfortable 4-2 or the most uncomfortable 4-0 ever until it was 4-2. Yeah. It really, <laughs> really seemed like for a minute there it was going to happen. But with the lineup you guys trot out, with your injuries and stuff, it's it's not going to be easy, Doctor Pete, especially to face Brighton at home. Yeah, I think you know trying to get through the festive fixtures, and um, we had three nice results in a row. We beat the pants off of Newcastle, uh, pretty easy win over Nottingham Forest. We were very lucky against Everton midweek. Um, we won by like I don't know if you saw the goal line technology, but yeah, we two inches, an inch, two inches maybe. <laughs> And Everton outplayed us at home, so that wasn't good. But uh, we lost Romero to another injury, and it's just, you know, we have not won a game while he's been out, I don't think. Um, And the accumulation of injuries to a team that has very little depth um, really finally caught up to us. And we're, we're playing four fullbacks across the line. Like, the center of our team the spine of our team is pathetic it's emerson royale playing center back davies has actually been one of our better players over the last few games but he's nothing to write home about (laughs) Javier is would have been gone in january if we didn't have 10 hurt center midfielders and sar has been okay but we're missing you know madison ben tankor both of our center backs like there's there's no way you can compete. Like this is a mid table roster. It just is. And uh that's my yeah. cat in the litter box. So <laughs> <laughs> can hear that. Yeah. He's really going to town. What are you saying? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm trying to do a take care, Gus. Is that Epo? Well if you kick him out now though, you're gonna have problems. He's gonna go to your laundry yeah. basket. You just leave him be. Just is like that Epo? On your feet. <laughs> that's that's Gus. Big gray uh, Gus. Great Gus. Uh, <laughs> Good timing though, buddy. Thanks for uh, wow. thanks for ruining everything. You okay? Box take. Sounds like he's fighting some take. demons. <laughs> um. Anyway, your team is mid-table litter box team. Segway. Um. Anyway, so it it. We did say Dude, we did say that you'd, you you don't have to play in, in the litter box. <laughs> don't play want... with it. I, w- I do want to say like for Brighton, I think it they're lucky. They the, Brighton's has you know it's the same thing as Aston Villa when we talk about thin squad and playing in Europe. And not only do they have that thin squad, they have had significant injuries. Estupinian, who came back in this game actually for the last forty five minutes. Matoma now out injured. They're saying four to six weeks. I thought Brighton was going to get crunched because they have been in really bad form. Luckily for them, they came up against Tottenham, who are dealing with a whole lot of injuries and had to play the human foot face in defense. Yeah. Eric. Dyer. Well, actually, he was not on the field no, today, play. but he didn't play. Um, yeah, he wasn't and, on the field. But I thought he was going to have to play. Royal was a center back. He, he, Dyer. That's how bad I, Dyer is. That he that's the best. Royale that's the that's my favorite thing about Ange. That's my favorite thing about Big Ange. He, he actually has the balls to play just a not very defensive sound, defensively sound, uh, fullback as a center yeah. back instead of playing Eric Dyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's like, okay, what is going to be the best lineup for our system to work? I don't care about experience or you know. He'll put guys out of position. 
And I do yeah. like that. Like, you know, Madison goes down, even though Kulisevsky is awesome out on the wing, he's been playing as a false 10, and he's been great. Um, but I, I just, you know, we, we have to find a way to limp through January. There's only, uh, we got one more game in December against um, Bournemouth at home that we have to win. And then you've got you you've got Sar Basuma and Sun are going to their respective tournaments in January. So it's our squad is a complete joke in January. We play Burnley, Manchester United, and I forgot the other one. It's a, it's a beatable team at home, but um, I mean we have to find a way to scratch out some results and then once once february rolls around um we get some guys back we could could make a little noise in the run-in i feel good about that i one thing i I will say about this game um is that uh i think most teams fold like a card table when they're up for nothing like if you watch palace they Mm -hmm. go down two nothing it's like it's pathetic yeah and a, and a lot of teams are like that. You know, heads are down. They're just picking up yellow cards, fouling everybody, yelling at the ref, you know, yeah. not really putting in the miles. But we were down 4 nothing, and Dijon forces a turnover, which creates the first goal. He gets crunched in the leg. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, pressing, create that first goal by pressing. Like, you can tell these dudes are playing for the manager. And I like that that, attitude is there and you get to 4-2 and you're still looking for that next goal like Man, I like Arsenal it. I really like the attitude if Arsenal yeah. had that mentality if Arsenal had that mentality it's true it's true uh, so Tottenham take the L here but like Pete said they have beatable opponents coming up including Manchester United uh, Brentford's the other pl- team you were talking about Pete you get Bournemouth Brentford Burnley is an FA Cup match but United, and it doesn't look like a ton of fixtures in January, um, which is a good thing for a lot of these teams, uh, especially if you don't have depth. Um, but, you know, still, I mean, it's just so stupid that these, return. these tournaments are in the middle of the season. Like, yeah. Salah's gone, Onana's gone. Like, all these great players are yeah. gone for a month in the middle of the season, just, in the title race. It's because in these places it's too hot to have these tournaments in the summer. I, I love, I love. You know who the only team that doesn't have uh, an African Cup of Nations player leaving? That's... Probably some dumbass team. Yeah. Yeah, Manchester <laughs> City. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You guys have always avoided it, with the exception of Yaya Toure. Sorry, uh, I'm wrong. Could I'm be wrong. racist. Newcastle actually. also doesn't. For them, it's racist. For us, it's a coincidence. <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. All right. The next winning team and the team at the very tippy top of the table is Liverpool. They beat Burnley 2-0. Probably would have expected them to beat Burnley a little more, but uh, when it comes to these grinded-out games, um, especially coming off of the tough Arsenal match that they played uh, on Saturday, I think Liverpool fans will take just a ho-hum 2-0 win. Um, we didn't really touch on that game much, that uh, that Arsenal-Liverpool match. Do you guys want to say anything about that, or just Arsenal, yellow ball, and this is the beginning of the end? No, I thought Arsenal did fine in that one. I mean, they were at Anfield, picked up a point. Um, yeah. I thought they were two very good teams going at it. I Interesting non-handball was... call on Odegaard, I'll say. But I'm not. Yeah, every week. You never know what the handball. Every week, man. Yeah, I'm tired of it. Like every single week, there's something going on with the handballs. Well, that. This is where I want to say, and Cassidy had a contentious handball penalty call, which ended up not really mattering. But it, I mean, it always does because it swings momentum. Yeah. But and I don't think the city penalty should have been a penalty. Um, and I don't think the Odegaard handball should have been a penalty, but what it should have been is an indirect free kick from that spot. Yeah, you need something you need something in between mm-hmm. not a foul and penalty. Yeah. You know, those those two yeah, extremes like are not it's not okay when you're talking about in the box. And and I think it actually would be the perfect spot for VAR to exist in in a 
with having an indirect free kick option because if it's not an intentional handball and if it's not like a goal bound shot like you know what what was it it was a united game earlier this season where mm-hmm. and maybe you were playing Aston Villa you're playing somebody and you a ball was played over the top to come into Rashford and it yes. like hit the defender's arm on the way in the defender's not even looking no defender's not even looking and Rashford and and if he doesn't touch it Ratch, Rashford receives that ball and he's not shooting from that position he's maybe passing it or maybe dribbling or we don't know but it's mm-hmm. not a shot right so like yeah. what what should it be in that position should it be a penalty that's crazy harsh but should you it just the be one nothing when um you remember the game 2 years ago when West Ham we were up 3 nothing 82nd minute and we shipped two goals and then the third goal was a ball that was headed in the back of Eric Dyer it, it hit his hand like some guy was 3 feet behind him Jay Rodriguez or something. Yeah. And it was just like, this is so stupid. The handball has gotten crazy. Like, the intentional part of it has been completely taken way out of it. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's and the reason it, it, it was created in the first place. I love the indirect kick idea. Yeah, and, and it reminds me, too, of when... You remember there was a season... I don't, it was Mane. Mane had a season where he perfected the dribble at the fullback and then kick the ball into his hand like you were crossing it and win a penalty he had like three or four penalties called for him that way and to me that's the perfect situation to just say indirect free kick guy the guy knew nothing about it he's not trying to stop it with his hand Mm -hmm. but but it it affects play but it affects play so you get so and and an indirect free kick is an interesting thing too that i think would add a layer of like complexity and set piece you're, like you're not handing him a goal. Strategy. You're not handing him a goal, or not even necessarily like a great position. Like if you get an indirect free kick, like on the byline, mm-hmm. in the box, like you're gonna have to figure out how to do some work to get that in, you know. And yeah. it, it could lead yeah. to some interesting things happening, right? Uh, but it, but I, but I think it takes away all of this controversy when you have the option to say indirect free kick. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, Liverpool continue to roll here, guys. In this game, 1-1 with Arsenal. It's an important match. I think both teams are are fine. I guess City is the happiest one of the draw. Um, They didn't actually end up taking advantage of it then, but they they have a game in hand still because City's at the Club World Cup. Last week, if they were to win their game in hand, they'd be on 40 points. They'd be in second place. Liverpool's first, 42 points. Arsenal in second on 40 Villa in third on 39. I mean, if they had won that game, they would be tied for first, but they lose to United, obviously. City in fourth. Tottenham in fifth, one point behind City. West Ham in sixth on 33 points. United in seventh. Um, Chelsea won. uh, James, how come you didn't sneak in game in hand there? Yeah, you needed to get your game in hand. Give it head. I was going to do that. I have mentioned I was going to do that in the... uh... Anything yeah. else to say, guys, before we sign off? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But perfect. you stole my thunder, so thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Uh, Game in Newcastle's here. been sliding. Chelsea, I don't, we don't even cover, cover Chelsea anymore. They beat Palace, but they 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 didn't deserve to win this game just like all the games they play. Excuse me. Just like all the games they play. We just end up penalty. saying the same thing about yeah, them. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Chelsea Every anymore, time. Like, there's nothing interesting no. happening at their team no. right now. Except so that, except that. that, one interesting stat I want to point out. Mudrik has now as many non-penalty goals as Saka does. That's true. That's this a season? Good stat, that this season, yeah. Yeah, hmm. it's crazy. Uh, Newcastle's also sliding hard. Newcastle's in ninth. They're on 29 points. They have been sliding for a while, and they get the huge pass. United is always uh, Manchester United is always on the front pages, but Newcastle have been really bad for like a month and a half. They lost to Everton three zip. They lost to Tottenham four to one. They've lost like all their games. They lost. They're a weird one because um, they lost to Forest this week. They have a plus twelve goal differential, which is fifth in the league, and they also have good. XG stats. They played well in the Champions League. You know, they just had a group of death and ended up just outside. Mm-hmm. But they're they're like the opposite of United, where like 
they've yeah. they should have more points than they have. But um, they lost the Luton and Forest in the last. Oh, I mean they've they've lost some That's bad really games, bad. but like all of their underlying stats suggest that they should be better. Yeah, that doesn't mean much for me. So you're saying uh, it's Kenley's unlucky. I'm just saying that you know if you want to bet with me, I would put all amount of money that Newcastle will finish above United. Whoa. Is it, they're a better team. But yeah, they're not United's playing not better. Healthy. I mean, Newcastle has it's 12 close. injuries. I had to think about it. I had to think about it. United's and up Vegas tattoo agrees. Tattoo if you look bat. at the lines, Vegas, you know, is, is, it's close. Is the same way. It's close. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, though, I mean, Newcastle's in ninth. We're halfway through the season. Like, this isn't like some small sample size. They have eight losses. Like, they, they belong where they are. I and mean, the, and their great, current form is atrocious. Season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's... They, they could be racking up points in the beginning half of the year. There's always teams that do that. But why are we not making more noise about how terrible Newcastle has been in the last, like, 45 days? Losing to Luton and, and Forrest in the same week is awful. So, yeah, they've been badly. Yeah. They got absolutely dunked on by Chris Wood. Yeah, they like, got dunked on by Chris Wood. Dunked. Dunked. Like, dunked. Like, like, in a way that nobody has ever been dunked on before by Chris Wood. Like a Chris Wood hat trick? What? They had their star. I mean, they had Char uh, and Botman at the back, you know, and Chris yeah. Chris Woods hit the hat trick against them. Dunked on them. Dunked on them. Thank you, James. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add, Pete? You can talk about Chris Wood if you want. Um, master class. He's got two more goals than Hoyland does this season in the Premier League. Whatever. In that game. Great. Good, good stuff. I have to give a shout out to our to the much maligned and often underrated Wolverhampton Wolves Janky. Wanderers okay. for David David Jenkins. Um, what a performance they put up! Sure, I don't think anyone really saw that one happening. Yeah, um, Brentford, a decent team. Little Huang. Is uh, really making a stir in the league now. He's not that little. <laughs> Unfortunately, he walks <laughs> off injured in this game, so they're they're with a bat with an undisclosed back injury, so never good. Um, but Wolves, how many goals does he have? Ten. He has, yeah. He scored yeah. a whole bunch in the last month. They have. We're halfway through the season, and Wolves have four less goals, I think, than they scored the entirety of last year. Get out of town. I'm not getting out of town. That's true. So I got to give a shout out to Wolves. And I also have to say uh, game in hand. Game in hand. And this is when it really matters. True. Yellow balls out. All right. For James Lewis, for Dr. Pete, and for Super Dad Ken, I'm Tom Miller saying hope everybody has an awesome week. I think Arsenal lose to Fulham away next next week. I can see it. Must win game. I'm sorry, not next week in on Saturday. Sunday. Saturday, yeah. Must win game.